in our nation. Uh, but one of the things that impresses me about that movie is this high school team that had to come together and they had to overcome the issue of race, the issue of differences. And you know, those kind of things, we've talked about it on our, in our Sunday morning lessons. Uh, the idea of differences, the idea of division, the idea of race and how one race did not think well of another. Uh, that's nothing new. Uh, that was uh, back in the Bible times. We talked about that, how the Jews and the Samaritans looked upon, looked down on one another. But in that movie, this team had to overcome that, and Coach Herman Boone did a great job. It was a huge obstacle. In fact, uh, that team was segregated. The whole town was segregated. But because of what Coach Boone and that team was able to do, overcome that race barrier, and they began to look at each other as human beings, realizing that if they were going to accomplish what they needed to accomplish... Throughout the season, they had to work together. They had to look beyond the look, um, Coach Yost would say later in that movie, look, beyond the, look past the look of a man and see the heart of the man. And great things were accomplished, and they were able to w- go undefeated and win the state title as a result of them overcoming these barriers and working together. And tonight we're going to look at every part as it looks at, as we look at uh, being equipped and being involved in the work of ministry. Every one, every part doing its share. Uh, geese are fascinating, aren't they? They're impressive. Uh, when they move from a cold and cl- or to a warmer climate, they often cover thousands of miles, reaching their destination. But they have to do this working together. And someone has said, uh, it's fascinating to read what has been discovered about their flight pattern as well as their in-flight habits. And this individual says, four of those come to mind. Number one, those in front rotate their leadership. In other words, the same ones are not always out front leading. When one lead goose gets tired, it changes places with one in the wing of the V formation and another flies point. By flying as they do, the members of the flock create an upward current for one another. Each flap of the wings literally literally creates an updraft for the bird immediately following. One author states that by flying in a V formation, the whole flock gets 71% greater flying range than if each goose flew on its own. When one goose gets sick or wounded, two fall out of formation with it and follow it down to help and protect it. They stay with the struggler until it's able to fly again. The geese in the rear of the formation are the ones who do the honking. I suppose it's their way of announcing that they are following uh, and all is well. For sure the repeated honks encourage those in front to uh, to stay at it. As I think about all this, this guy says, one lesson stands out above all others. It is the natural instinct of the geese to work together. And as they work together, they cover these thousands of miles. Whether it's rotating, whether it's flapping, whether it's helping, or whether it's simply honking. The flock is in it together, which enables them to accomplish what they set out to do. And so the same thing can be said about geese. The same thing can be said about uh, a sports team. Uh, The same things can be said about any group of people. As long as they work together, success 
comes about. As long as they work together, good things happen. Paul spoke several times, particularly in the book of Ephesians, about the church being the body of Christ. Also in 1 Corinthians, he'll talk about that. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23, he says, Christ is the head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. Ephesians 5 and verse 30, For we are members of His body, His flesh, and of His bones. And in chapter 4 and verse 25 he says, For we are members of one another. So Paul gives this idea of uh, we are a team. We are a part of a body. The body. The body of Christ. I heard a preacher the other day referring to it um, in a sports term and saying, when you put that Jesus jersey on, that means you are a part of the team. That means you are valuable and important to the team. But it also means you have a responsibility to be a part of that team. Uh, Paul wrote uh, about this body of Christ that we enjoy oneness in this body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12. We'll read this in just a minute. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one Spirit. All in the body are one. We're one. Paul would remind his readers in the church at Ephesus uh, and to us as well that the body of Christ is alive and it's growing. We are not part of a dead body. We are a part of a body that is alive. That's the body of Christ. And God wants His body to grow. Ephesians 4, 11-16, the Bible says it grows by what every joint supplies. That means... Whoever I am, if I'm a part of the body of Christ, I have a role to play. I am important to the body. And as every part does its share. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and let's read through this. And then we'll, uh, we'll go back and talk about some of these things as it relates to every part doing its share. Paul writes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gift, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all and in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another by faith the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not a eye, am, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? 
If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. And if we were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. That there should be no schism, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And Paul would do that in 1 Corinthians 13 when he begins talking about love. Bages and Collins in their book, they begin talking about 1 Corinthians 12 and how the body works. Now, we know chapters 12 through 14 deal with miraculous spiritual gifts as used and misused by the Corinthian Christians. And we also realize that the age of the miraculous gifts have ended shortly after the time of the apostles. However, the principles that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 12 tell us much about the body of Christ and how it works and how it works Together, Remember back in verses 5 and 6, Paul said, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. And in a similar way, every believer has some sort of talent and some sort of abilities today. And Paul reminds us that the gifts that we have, they come from God, and they should be used for His glory. Someone has said, but, God, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as He pleased. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Our diversity of gifts, it brings about strength, and it brings about benefit to the church, the body of Christ. Listen to this quote that Bajitz and Collins said about this. No gift is intended to be used selfishly. Now that's interesting because we think about, just think about in your mind right now, the talents and abilities God has given you. You see, God has not given you those talents and abilities to use them for your selfish glory. God has given you those talents and abilities to use them for for His glory. They go on to say each talent and ability is meant to serve, encourage, and strengthen the body. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing. Our focus is never look at me. Rather, our focus is thank God for giving me opportunity to serve. And they say we should ask the question, how can I best help my brethren? 
That's some good advice, isn't it? And instead of thinking about now, how can I be better? Hey, look what I can do. Or look what I can't do. They say it's better to ask the question, how can I help my brethren? How can I use the talents and abilities that God has given me to aid in the body of Christ, to help the body of Christ to grow? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12-14 through remind us that though the body has many parts, many members, the body is one. And the body works best when the body is working together in unity. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-6. through 6. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Difference of ministries, but the same Lord. Diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. God has given us the, our talents and abilities so that we can use that so that the body of Christ can grow. Now imagine that. Think about that for a minute. I'm a part of the body of Christ and my talents and abilities that God has given me is to be used so the church might grow. So therefore, when I look at it in those terms, then I can't say, well, you know what? If so-and-so would do so-and-so, then things would be better. Because the reality is, if everyone does their part, Paul says in Ephesians 4, it creates unity in the body and therefore creates growth. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 15 through 21 remind us about the different parts of the body. And they have different functions. But each part's function is important. You remember he said, uh, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I'm not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. If the whole body were, were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? You see, the reality is, my talents and abilities, your talents and abilities, whatever function that we bring to the body, it is important. It is valuable. Bages and Collins say, no argument is made that each function is equally important. But each part is precious and important. The body functions as its various members, parts, each perform their respective functions. If any part is missing or any part fails, the body suffers harm. Now I realize that um, sports can cause us to be carried away, just like entertainment or anything like that. But there are some valuable things we can learn from sports. Often in this, I've mentioned about uh, those teams that do well. And everyone wants to match those teams that do well. But you know what's interesting about those teams that do well? That sometimes one person may start and for whatever reason, another person may have to finish the season. But they have the same outcome. And those programs that are great, those coaches, they say, listen, the best player is going to play, right? And what I, what I value most are those players who maybe get pulled because they're not doing so well. 
and they're still a team player. Have you seen games like that where those players that are pulled, you know what they're doing? They're on the sideline helping their teammate that's in the game that took their place. Because they realize in a team, every part has its function. And some functions sometimes end up being a little more important than others. But that doesn't mean because I have a lesser function that I'm not important. And Paul says when every part participates and does its function... It's beautiful. And that's the way God created it to be. Well, what are some implications for believers today? We need one another. Hello? We need one another. Some people might not think so, but the reality is we do. We need one another. Some might not even teach it, but we need one another. Maybe in the body you're an eye, maybe in the body you're an ear or or a nose, maybe you're a foot, maybe you're a pinky toe. But we need each other. Remember the geese flying in the V? Guess what? They needed each other in order to accomplish what they planned to accomplish. And so it is with the body of Christ. We need each other's encouragement. We need each other's strength. We need each other's comfort. Someone wrote, A coal separated from fire quickly becomes cold. Leave it with the others and its heat is maintained. Do you miss people when they're not here? A coal separated from the fire quickly becomes cold. Leave it with the others and its heat is maintained. We need one another. We need the people who um, may not always be here. We need them. And we need to value them and we need to let them know they are important. And them being here is important. Not, um, not because maybe they're going to give some function when we're together always. But because their presence is encouraging. Their presence helps strengthen us. When we're alone, it's much easier to be discouraged. It's much easier for that discouragement to overcome us. Remember Elijah? In 1 Kings chapter 19, following that great victory on Mount Carmel, you remember that great scene how Elijah went against the prophets of Baal and through the power of God overcame them? But you remember what happened after that? He fled and was running for his life. And he cries out to God. He says, God, they've, they've killed all your prophets. And I alone, I'm the only one left. And God says, Okay, Elijah. I'm going to give you Elisha to work with you so you won't be alone. And by the way, Elijah, there are 7,000 others that have not bowed their knee to the prophets of Baal. We need each other. And Elijah 
felt alone. And when he was alone, what did he need? He needed to know that God's people remained faithful and that he wasn't alone. Every part of the body is important. Every part, every member is important. Every member has share in the work of ministry. Maybe it's been said jokingly, but let us, if we say it jokingly, let us never, never, never believe that it's up to the paid staff. That's why we pay you guys. So you do, the, you do ministry. You do the work of ministry. Remember, minister means a servant. Ministry is service. And every member has a share in the work of ministry. Uh, someone has said, we cannot imitate our Lord without being ministers. He said in Matthew 20 and 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. That's the example that the Lord Jesus set for His people. That's the example that the Lord Jesus set for His followers, those disciples, those apostles that walked this earth with Him. And that's the example He left for the church. Every part is important. Every member has share in the work of ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul says, "...from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, every part supplies something to the body, according to the affecting working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love." You know, that's an interesting phrase, by which every part does its share. And it's key to understanding this idea of us working together. Bates and Collins writes, Rightly understood and applied, it is a sound and biblical concept. Wrongly applied or misunderstood, it becomes both dangerous and divisive. The devil stands ready to help us misunderstand. You see, some look at this phrase in a critical way. Some look at that phrase by which every part does its share, and they think it gives them permission to evaluate how all the other Christians are doing and how all the other Christians are serving. Some are labeled as doing his share. They label some as doing less than he could and others as not doing his share. And wouldn't Satan want us to think that? Oh man, I tell you what, oh brother, sister, so-and-so, they never do anything, do they? Our man, brother, sister, so-and-so, they're always at everything. They're always involved. The Hebrew writer would remind us to consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Maybe my part is encouraging. Maybe that's your function in the body. And when someone may not be as involved, maybe your part is to go to that person and encourage them and love them and help them be more involved in the ministry. The Bible has nothing good to say about judgmental, the judgmental stance of rating the service of others. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not 
wise. You see, that's easy for us to read. Because I, I have to admit, I, I, I've had times where uh, really I look down on myself because I look more highly on someone else. And, and then there's those that look more highly on themselves and look down on others. And Paul says when we do, that is not wise. Some look at this phrase in a critical way. Others look at this phrase in an apologetic way. They use it as an excuse for limited service. They say, you know me, I, I, I'm just a one talented person. If life were different, if I didn't have all these obligations and limitations, I could really do something for the Lord. You remember when God called Moses from the burning bush? You see, God had been preparing Moses for this time, for such a time as this. You see, Moses, when he was ready, he killed the, the Hebrew, he killed the Egyptian guy for attacking a Hebrew. He thought, now's the time I'm going to deliver my people. But it wasn't God's timing. He still needed some preparation. So God prepares him. But then after uh, being away from all that, being out in the wilderness, maybe he'd become comfortable. And God comes to him and says, Moses, now's the time. I want you to go lead my people. You remember what Moses did? Uh, uh, um, man, God, I... who am I? I mean, I, I can't even speak well. God says, who made your mouth? But, but God, not me. I, you know, I, this is just not good timing for me. Why don't, why don't you ask Aaron? Why don't you ask someone else? I, I, I'm not good. As a result, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 14, So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. God wasn't happy with Moses for making excuses. We may not can do what some others can do, and that's fine. But let us not be apologetic about the things we can't do. Let us say, you know what? I'm just one part, but I'm going to do my share. Some others also look at this phrase hopelessly. They have the mindset, no matter how much I do for Jesus, it will never be enough. I can never pay the debt that I owe. And you know the reality is, you're right. We can't. That's why we need Jesus. However, we already know that we cannot earn our salvation, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Paul says in chapter 2 and verse 10, For we are His workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, when we serve, we're not alone. We have one another. Remember, we need each other. But not only that, we have God. We would benefit by asking some personal questions in view of this phrase, every part doing its share, to ask ourselves, am I doing what I should? Not to cause us to feel guilty, but to evaluate. Where, where am I in, in my part of the body? In the part of the ministry that I, that I do and I'm involved in? Am I using my abilities that God has given me? And am I, am I using those for His glory? Am I seizing the opportunities that God puts 
before me. Maybe someone has come and said, hey, can you help in vacation Bible school? Maybe they've come and said, hey, can you do this for Evangelism University? Hey, can, we're, we're starting this program or that program. Hey, can, can you help us in this? And maybe there's legitimate reasons if we can't, but let us challenge ourselves and say, hey, am I doing what I can with my talents and abilities for the glory of God? Maybe what you've been asked is not your talents and abilities. That's okay. But don't lay all those opportunities aside and not use your talents and abilities for God. Am I growing in the service to the body? Am I making serious effort to grow. We would also benefit to view this phrase in an encouraging way. Someone has suggested that we be thankful for the abilities God has given us by having this kind of attitude. By the grace of God, I can contribute to the growth of the church. Wow! What a mindset. What an attitude. By the grace of God, I have the opportunity to contribute to the growth of the church. By the grace of God, I have something to offer. Ever feel like what you have is not good enough? It is. God has gifted you that way. My gift, no matter how small, can be multiplied by God. We should also look at this phrase as a challenge. No matter how blessed we are to serve, with God's help, we can always move to greater heights of service. Do you remember in the parable of the talents? The five-talent man and the two-talent man, what did they do? They just stayed right where they're at, right? They just kept the same talents that they had, right? I know he was talking about money, but the same principle can apply. You see, they doubled their talents and abilities because they used the ones they were given. And therefore, Jesus in that parable said, Well done, good and faithful servant but not to the one talented guy. There is always work to do. There are always things we can do by using our talents and abilities for the work of ministry to the glory of God. Bages and Collins, they conclude this chapter by saying this, The Lord's work is big enough to need every single worker. Even little toes and fingernails have a role to fulfill. When it comes to the well-being of the body, every contribution counts. We may be tempted to think, the little that I can do really doesn't matter. Ephesians 4.16 disagrees. The little boy with the loaves and fish didn't feed the 5,000, but his part mattered. The widow's two coins had very little value, but they mattered to Jesus. From a worldly point of view, the entire church in Smyrna seemed persecuted and poor. Jesus called them rich and promised them the crown of life in Revelation chapter 2. We dare not underestimate the power of faithfulness. We never know the power of even the smallest good deed. Whatever the specific work of ministry, it becomes great when it is done to the glory of God. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked about everything is about the head. The head of the body, Christ. 
The talents and abilities that God has given me, I use them to glorify Him and to focus on the head, and that's Christ. And use those talents and abilities so that the church might be unified, the church might grow. Did you know that a rope has greater strength than the combined individual strength of the strands that make it up? You ever wonder why that is? Individual strands, you see, have weak spots along them. Points at which they easily break. But in a rope, the weak spots are randomly distributed along the length of the rope. And the twist in the rope allows the surrounding strands to cancel out the weak spots in the individual fibers. You see, the reality is it's the same with people. We all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. And the reality is, really, none of us are better than the other. We're all created in the image of God. Amen? And therefore, all of us have been given different talents and abilities. On our own, our weaknesses can break us. But together, we work to achieve strength for all. I'm sure you are aware that we live in a different culture than we used to. We have a different culture surrounding our young people, but oftentimes we want to talk about the different culture that they live in. Guess what? We live in a different culture as well. There was a time in our country where people really thought about religious matters. Going to church was an important thing in our culture, at least in our nation, at one time. And even as we talked about the Sabbath day today, uh, this morning, as I was thinking about that lesson, I I thought about how it used to be. Now I realize that some of you are older and and can remember more than these, but I'm I'm 45 years old and I can remember on Sundays when uh, there wasn't very much open. You ate with family and you relaxed and you enjoyed one another. You enjoyed that rest from the regular everyday labor. But we live in a different culture. Even culture. Culture made it easy then. Culture is different today. And that's why it's all the more important to realize everyone, every part, every member has a function and a role to play in the body of Christ. Just like that rope. Just like those geese. Never ever think that the things that you can bring to the body of Christ is not important because it is. But the challenge for us is to use those. To use those so the body of Christ can grow. You know, instead of us saying, you know what, if, if this group or that group would do this or that, then, then we'd grow, our auditorium would be full. And when the reality is, if I do my part, I help. Right? That's what Paul says. If I do my part, I create a functioning body. And I worry about what I can bring for the body of Christ, for the glory of God. And I encourage you, and you encourage me, and we strengthen one another. And maybe your strengths, like in a marriage, your strengths outweigh the weaknesses of your partner and vice versa. That's what makes a a marriage so beautiful. It's not that one is better than the other. 
It's that both do their part. And that was, that's what makes a beautiful, harmonious marriage. That's what makes a beautiful, harmonious body. And those kind of bodies are attractive. Amen? They are attractive. And so let's make it our challenge. Let's make it our goal to do our part in the body of Christ. Maybe you're here tonight and you want to be a part of the body of Christ. Maybe you're outside of Jesus Christ. You've not confessed Him as Savior. You, you've not declared, I do believe that He is the Son of God. You've not allowed yourself to die to your old self in the watery graves of baptism, to rise in newness of life, being added to the church, Acts chapter 2 tells us. Become a part of that body and have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. If you're in that condition tonight, it's our prayer that you will give your life to Jesus. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You've been a part of the body and, and you've not been functioning as a part of the body. Uh, maybe there's some more things that you can do. I hope that you accept that challenge to grow, to realize it's about God. It's about the head, Christ. But maybe it is you're here tonight and you need the prayers. You need strength. Hello? Isn't it awesome that we have that opportunity? I love the fact that the invitation is not just about giving your life to Jesus. That the invitation in the family of God is about saying, you know what? I need help. I need strength. Because right now, I'm weak. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment. But come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.